Fyodorovna Semyonova with her big dumb face. <laughs> the longest show from the Madonna's Midnight's winner all chairs bolted to the We're, we're not told that. that. Yeah, we do. We're not told that. It is written. It is written. <laughs> well, uh, obviously it's uh, fall. <laughs> I, I came here for the Halloween party. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Did you... Do you just keep weird sex masks in your basement? Yeah. Uh, can I come? You over? not do that? <laughs> you don't do that? Well, yeah, that's what this one is. I should have put. I should have put film hacker on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is fall, everybody. It is a nice. I had a pumpkin beer today, and I was like, I sipped it, and I was like, it's fall. Great, cool. I had a lot of pumpkin beer this weekend. Nice. So now we're in. Uh, uh, we've had a lot of horror movies this year so far, uh, and now we're in the horror movie season. I can't wait for next month, and then that's all I do. Like that's all my time is spent watching horror Just movies, horror so. films. So it's nice to have horror a uh, something of a horror film this week with um, Kenneth Branagh. It's not really a horror movie. Haunting but... in Venice. It's got horror elements. It's not a horror movie. He no, referred it, to it as a supernatural thriller. It's like, okay, you mean a horror movie? So they're not the same thing, but they're close. It's, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. But that's something we can talk about. Yeah, we will talk about it. But in the meantime, I'm going to remove you. Oh, let's just get right to it, McCurds. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay. All right. A haunting in Venice once again puts Hercule Poirot, Hercule Poirot, to the task of figuring out who done it, but this time with an interesting supernatural element that somewhat turns this story into a horror film. The movie does a good job of presenting questionable events involving spirits and ghosts to the point that their realness is arguable either way based on one's personal interpretation while also thematically plugging directly into Hercule's personal story of having lost his faith in God because of the horrible things he's seen over the course of his career. However, in the end, it's a very subtle movie, as really nobody is heavily suspected by the audience or otherwise up until Hercule figures everything out after a single conversation per suspect and exposes the killer in one fell swoop and then immediately regains his faith because he believes he saw a ghost. So just like the aforementioned theme. So just like the aforementioned faith theme, there are two interpretations of this subtle quality to the film. One, that it is simply and classically told, and the other, that it is tired and lazy. I lack a strong emotional connection to this movie, so it wouldn't take the world's greatest detective to figure out where I stand. Which, uh, it's not a bad movie by any means. It's just like... Slightly under. I had the same. I had the same. I had the very similar feeling, and it's. And I know this movie has gotten some decent praise because I do think like it's decent. It's like it. It should get decent movie. praise. It's not a bad movie. It is not yeah. a bad movie. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But it's firmly it's in the good category again. Masterful. It's definitely good. It's masterful. Not, great. Yes. Really good. Good. Piece of shit. <laughs> and this is this is good. Ah. I don't even know if it's really good. It's good. It's certainly not it's, great. It's okay. It. I think what it is is that like it reminds me of of uh, when I saw the Planet of the Apes films. Hmm. Every time I've seen those, every single one that I remember watching, people would 
say, oh man, these are the best movies. You got to see these or like critics would say, oh, these are it. They're, they're classy. They're really well done. And I'd go see the movie and I'm like, I can't find anything. I couldn't find any flaws in it, but there wasn't anything there that made me go the new ones. No, like, oh yeah. The newer ones, not, not the Tim Burton one. Um, well, and not but the, the newer the ones. classic ones. The Matt, you know, about the classic ones? No, 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 not the classic ones. Just the ones that, like the um, the ones Matt Reeves. Well, I think Matt Reeves only did the second two, but the yeah. guy who did who directed Batman, um, the Batman or whatever. Yeah, that uh, yeah, was the same feeling. I left this. I left the theater and be like, it was good. Like I didn't have, but I, I was like, I don't know where the flaws were. I didn't. There wasn't anything that like struck stuck out to me that was like, oh man, like. This is her- terrible, um, but it doesn't. You know, like, it, it doesn't was, hit in a way that you're you're just. You're, oh my god! You know, it, but, again, it's but I also think like, it's because okay, it's, uh, we did it's a it, murder everybody. mystery. And I think yeah. I think another part of it is just this is. It's just I don't want to say it's like overdone and cliche, but it's like it kind of like I don't know if that's the best way of saying it. It's just been done to death. Like this form of story has been done to death but it's also it's kind of that marvel problem i talked or the superhero problem i talked about like we were talking about blue beetle it's where with blue Beetle, uh with dc it was like you got to get your stories to the screen first because that's what's going to hit the zeitgeist regardless of if you wrote it first in another form or whatever you told that story in a different version yeah and i feel the same way with this where it's like and it's it's sort of like saying that because like, I think if you didn't know who this, which I'll talk to you about in a minute, it's like, if you didn't know where this style of story came from and you had just saw clue, you'd be like, Oh, they copied clue. And I'm like, no, this is, this is just a very old story. Just retold modern day audiences. Rewind the tape five minutes. Just like I said, it's, is it? And and as I walked out, I was like, is this, is this just like a really simple, bad. classically told story, or is Kenneth maybe just kind of aging? And that's kind of where my my main no, idea is like I'd... Kenneth ain't bad, yeah. and he's probably the best part of the movie. He may be who we toast to, but it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad. It's movie, not a bad movie. But it's worth seeing. But I don't is think fr- a lot there, of is people... there anything fresh about it other than the the fun seance stuff? There but is. I, but then, I think I think there is an. I think you know. there is a at least an element they add into this because I knew. I, I had a suspicion going into this one that people are, the marketing was going to be very misleading because you were going to think, oh, this is going to be a horror movie. Mm. And when what you actually get is like a horror movie, wink, wink, but it's more of like, like, because Prince, that's the whole I question of the movie. Saying, it was is like, it real a or not? Supernatural thriller. Yeah. And it's like, it is because yeah. it is essentially like it's any of his detective stories. It's just got that, it's kind of like a, the, kind of like if, if this was a tv series this was the halloween episode you know what yeah. i mean like that yeah, was yeah. that's the, that's the vibe i get from this one so yep. let me go ahead and let's go ahead and get into it um hold on, i think i have to add there you we go controls again let's go ahead and get into it let's go talk about this movie and just some of the things that you may have questions about uh in regards or anybody who has never seen any of these movies because i haven't seen the previous two so i actually learned a lot doing the research about this and agatha christie uh so but but first off uh no heroin no heroin no heroin <laughs> and i need to get we need to get the chair shirts i need to get one i think <laughs> you know what else so we need? stupid <laughs> they're so stupid we what we I can't also wait to get need, mine <laughs> i want a halloween costume <laughs> oh 
want a ranked I want a ranked Halloween costume. That's what I want. Huevos, Huevos will do it. He'll he I should... want a mask. I want a Chucky Rance mask. Just for just Halloween. Like, like this. Ah, yeah. Yes. I hate this then, movie. Yeah. But like 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 one of these, you know, like like sunken in and all that. Like I just want yeah. one of that. Also, yeah, yeah, we need I need a I need well, No, if it was Rance. that, my face would be like this. It'd be like <laughs> it just look like a sex doll. But you always look is like that. What you want? Is, is that what you want, McCurney? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. But get your merch. Um, and enjoy it. And also, I, I want Wavos to model off some merch too. So, please, Wavos, uh, if you're out there, which you are, you should you should do that. He sent everybody right, a video of him with his new rank shirt and i was like damn where's the where's the rap video in your yeah. rank shirt but anyway a haunting in venice a haunting in venice mm. venice uh it is directed by kenneth branagh screenplay by michael green and based on halloween party by agatha christie so let's talk about Agatha Christie because there's a lot to unpack here. Much like Ian Fleming, she was an author. Born in 1890, died 1976. This author has been known as the queen of crime. She has written an impressive 66 novels and 14 stories, short stories. Some of those include, and then there were none, The Mysterious Affair at Styles, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, and The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. She also wrote the world's longest play, running play, uh, in mm. that runs, I believe, in London. That's The Mousetrap, which uh, was first performed in 1952. Many of her novels included the character of Hork Hora. I don't even think I'm pronouncing that right, but that's okay. That's my thing. Uh, who is a Belgian private detective, not French. I think if some people going into this might think he's French. He's Belgian. Um who had been adapted. He has been adapted and played by many actors over the years in various mediums, films, television, radio, etc. The character was created in 1920. His age has been called into question because Christie said he was in his 50s or 60s when the character was created. But uh, every subsequent appearance, he's in all the novels because she wrote until 1975. Uh, they just kept the same time period. So she like she was upset with herself. She's like, I shouldn't have given him an age because he's supposed to be like 50 or 60 mm. in the very first novel, which was 1920. But he's been in every other novel and every other novel takes place in modern day. So you can only imagine he's like 100 years old, probably by the time they get to this book, you know, okay. which is kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah. And so, you know, take that James Bond, who's like, who knows how old James Bond is. Uh, fun fact about Christie, she went missing for a considerable amount of time in 1926 after her husband left her. She went missing for, I think, it's like 10 days, and her car was basically found in like a lake or a pond, and so people thought she actually had died. Wow. Uh, then she just showed up in her hotel room. She just like showed up, and people were like, what happened? Where were you? And she's never explained it. She never explained it in any of her autobiographies or anything she just never told anybody uh so okay. some people think it was amnesia it was really weird it was just like it was this huge media sensation and nobody knows what actually happened some people think it was amnesia i will tell you charlie i think i think the truth is out there i think it was the aliens i think they abducted yeah agatha christie back in 1926 and that's why uh, she went missing. Like I think that's what happened. Honestly. Did she write all these stories before, after, right in the middle? This is in the middle. I mean, uh, which which one was I mentioning first? Uh, uh, the first book that that Herc Perot 
appears in is the mystery affair at styles that was 1920 so she was already like a big she was like a jk i'm thinking i don't know why i think jk rowling but like she was like this big mystery writer back then you know but she had she was very old by the time she passed away but she was still writing all these novels so people obviously had a fondness for agatha christie um they blew yeah they project bluebeam that's right there i got it that's right huevos yeah that's right yeah he's up on his conspiracy theories moving on moving on so (laughs) let's talk about the book real quick because i i did find it fascinating that this movie is not like the book there's a lot of things that are similar there's a lot of things that are not i really want to know what's different because i i wouldn't it's a very I different don't process. like this is the second week in a row i'm coming in not i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna come in and say this was boring but i i i'm like this seems like not the most effort you, was put into this versus something like, last like week, i saw murder on the orient express like that's i mean yeah. that's like a classic and like you said it's been right that how many how many that movies have been before. made? Uh, there's been there's been there's a handful, one there's famous a handful one of prior them. to that one. And what's famous about it is that you have you know it's a classic murder mystery where you you take and and all three of these so far are who are the big stars of the day and just cast yeah. all of them big ensemble cast and so it's it's a lot of fun in that regard. But this one just kind of I'm I. I, I was tempted to read a synopsis of the book because I'm like, what, what, what am I missing here? Because well, it's, it's like similar. it's so damn subtle, you know, it's the book is similar and very different at the okay. same time. So let me I'll, I'll just read very briefly because I only read through the cliff notes of the books to kind of get a good, you know, and, and cross checked. Oh, this character was this character. Because like a lot of times you see these movies and. I'm not registering the names of the characters right off the bat. I'm like, I don't know who this character is. He's just a character. Even in the, uh, then um, if you watch the trailer, that person, of, the doctor guy, That's, yeah, the yeah. trailer of Orient Express. No, it's no names. It's just like the Butler, the doctor, the, right. you know, the, the communist, the blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And then you just try to figure out, but I like, you know, you know me, I like mystery stories. So like Same. I was, I was up yeah. for this. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so the book doesn't first off, book's title was halloween party with the little asterisks in there so halloween party uh and the book does not take place that's, in that's, venice that's an it apostrophe. takes place a little apostrophe a little mm. a little bloop. yeah okay i'll continue sorry book <laughs> does not take place in venice it takes place in london it is however at a halloween party by uh rowena drake at her house same character basically in the book that was in the movie um joyce reynolds is the first to be murdered like in this movie however all that seance stuff it's not even in the book so pretty much a good chunk of what kind of was the setup for this movie with the seances and all that stuff it never takes place in the book i guess i was Mm. trying to read a little bit about agatha christie and seances and it was like she I think she was in that it was that same time period when this was like they kind of stay true to what was going on in the time period with people doing these seances and trying to get people to like yeah. believe in ghosts and spirits and like people making a quick buck off people and doing that kind of thing kind of took place roughly around the same a, time. It was a big party thing. Up. We're all going to get together yeah. and have a seance and, you know, seance. You, you can imagine people would maybe. Just like with this, it's it's uh, Tina Fey's character in the beginning, Oliver, in, in the beginning of this is like it's a really fun party and all this crazy stuff happens, you know. And so yeah. that would that's the thing you you'd put on a 
show. You'd kind of embellish the seance thing a little bit. And, you know. So Joyce Reynolds, however, in the book is the first to be murdered. However, she is a 13 year old girl and she is found drowned in a apple bobbing tub, which is similar to this movie. They, they mm -hmm. definitely kind of stay stick to that. Uh, yep. After telling everyone she thought she had seen a murder, like a prior murder, uh, Leopold Re Reynolds is the second to be murdered. Now, he has the same name as Leopold was the little creepy kid, but it's a different last name. This Reynolds being the brother of that 13-year-old girl in the book. And in the end, it is revealed to be uh, that Rowena Drake is the murderer. There's also a garden, kind of like in this one. Uh, but there's nothing to do with poison or the honey or any of that stuff. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, and then it's it's just a way more convoluted plot because it's there's a lot more characters. Some of the characters that are in the book are like there's some that are kind of similar to the ones that are in the movie, but there are a lot that don't show up. Like Olga, who's like the housemaid girl that's in the movie, she's a character, and I think she's actually found dead in the book uh, at one point. Uh, the Tina Fey character, Adrian. Oliver, she's a character that brings Perot into the fray, much like in the in this movie. Uh, however, she is a, she's a re reoccurring character in all of Agatha Christie's books. So she's a character that, like, much like Perot, she had wrote, she had put in a lot of our other novels, and she is a crime novelist. So it's it's quick to see that it's like, oh, it's Agatha Christie putting herself in her own stories. Yeah. I could kind of see that, um, but yeah, she's in a bunch of her other. She she's in a bunch of her other books. She doesn't solve murders, but like the guy, I guess what I was reading was like that character was used so that she would be a tell for the audience. So as they're reading the book, she would uh, display information that kind of the audience could be like, oh, hmm, like they could start thinking clues and seeing the how the pieces all fit together. Yeah, um, so and I've never it, read any of these books. So, okay. but basically, but when I was reading know, though, this, it's very convoluted. Okay, uh, what I'm curious about is that so. Again, we, I, I say all the time, I'm like, if you're watching, don't watch this if you haven't seen the movie, unless you want to know things. Right. Uh, that, right. That's just always been our rule rather than being like, spoilers, spoilers. But because it is a murder mystery, uh, I feel obligated to say spoiler supreme because that's the best part of a murder mystery. So if you don't want right. to know, uh, go away. But uh, so Tina Fey's character is... It's pretty obvious right away that she's supposed to be Agatha Christie. She, they, they, you know, their first scene is, is he's like, it's one of those screenwriting moments where he's telling her information she already knows. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I get it. That's meant for the audience. Like, he's like, he's like, you're a best selling writer, you know? And she's like, thank you. I already knew that. Why are you telling me that? You know, like that, that was kind of, that was an element of that, that scene. But, um, my question would be is, uh, uh, how much of that is in the book? And I don't know if you know that having just read a synopsis or whatever, right. but it, you know, she's they're basically they're friends and the way, the way that I read it didn't sound like he went to the party right away in the book. In the book, it sounds okay. like she's at this party. There's a murder that happens and she calls him up and to come because okay. they, I they, guess but they the break up at the end of this movie. They break up. They're no longer like they call off their friendship because she took advantage of him. So I'm I'm curious how much of that is in the book, because that's it's like uh, so, you know, because it's she, a very, as far as I know, she wasn't in the previous two movies. She was she definitely well, wasn't in Orient Express. And she no. I don't think she was in Death on the Nile. I so. think based off of. 
I think just based off of what I read of the synopsis of the book, because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't go into great detail, nor have I read ever read the book. It sounds like they did take a lot of liberties with this, but also that they, they knew that, you know, they're probably just thinking, oh, let's make a trilogy of these movies with Kenneth Branagh. And he was like, I'm just going to do three. And maybe that's all that's all they're doing. Lines, I don't know if they're doing more. I have no idea, honestly, but okay. maybe that's that's my thinking is that. They're like, let's just do three and then like, let's actually have some kind of cap or something to cap this one off, um, you know. But they, uh, what is the, what is the yeah, lesson learned at the end of this it. one is that he's back to doing cases. So they, the yeah, door's open to keep going. I don't know. And I would, yeah, I'd be, I mean, I'd be A-okay with them continuing. Uh, they, again, I, think this I mean, he was in, that character's in 33 novels that Agatha Christie did. So they're, they're, the sky's the limit. They could do a ton more stories that they could do. I think ABC Murders was one of them. There's a ton of books that are probably, there's the famous ones. This one's probably like one of the least known ones maybe, but he's in a bunch of them. And I think this has been, we'll, we'll talk more, but yeah, essentially that's really all I got with the books. The book and the story, just they're very, very different. There's like, there's a an affair there's like certain there's a character that's supposed to be someone's father and you find out that that she thought she was widowed and like there's a lot of weird things in there and it's like i couldn't go through everything because you would be like who's this person because they're not there's not a correlation to every single character there's a lot of other characters that they created for the movie there's characters that are in the book that do exist in the movie but they're not the same characters like for instance like joyce reynolds and this movie is this uh, world renowned psychic who came out of like, who got, who was arrested and she would like, they like build her up as like, yeah, she, she came out of jail and she was like the last person to be found, you know, guilty of witchcraft. So that's why she was in jail. And like, they make her sound real spooky and stuff. Mm. And in this, in the book, it's like, oh yeah, she's just a 13 year old girl who thought she saw a murder and she's at this party. And you're like, well, that's such a different, <laughs> that's like a huge yeah. contrasting difference. I, I like the story that they tell in this movie, though. It's not like I don't like that. Let's just move on uh, yeah, yeah. real quick, though. So like we were talking, there have been two other films, Murder on the Orient Express and Death of, on the Nile. Haven't seen either of these films. I couldn't tell you if they're good, if they're bad. I think I tried to watch Murder on the Orient Express. I couldn't get through it. I, I was having trouble. But there's a lot of characters, a lot of people to be like, oh, this person and this person. So they all have a very similar flavor to them. But there's a there's yeah. a reason why Murder on the Orient Express has been told a lot because it's it's unique. I'll just say that it is unique. I need to. I I think I know how it ends. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say go here. Back. But no, no, no. It's unique. I want to go back and watch that one. Um, I, I want to actually go back and watch both of these movies. Um, but you've got Sean Connery down there. That's not Sean Connery. That's Albert Feeney. No, that's Sean Connery. Who was supposed to be Sean Connery. No, no, no. Sean Connery's on that poster right there. He's on, he's, he's one of the players. He's not Poirot, but he's one of the, Oh, he is on the, Oh, okay. That's, that's a weird. Okay. Well, actually let's talk about that real quick. I just put this one on here because this is the most famous, I think of all of that work was this movie. Yeah. was uh, directed by Sidney Lumet. Um, and he starred Albert Finney, who would only play the character one time. Uh, there were some other actors that I think I think K1 had mentioned one of the other actors who has played Perot a hundred times. Like he's played him a lot in television and in movies. Um, but in this movie particularly, um, 
played by Albert Finney. Finney was actually the old guy in Skyfall, which yep. I didn't know. So that, which is kind of cool Welcome that now Scotland. that you say Connery was in that movie, you're like, oh, that's kind of a fun little. Yeah, yeah. Everything's all connected thing. Mm-hmm. So, but that yeah. one's probably the most well known of all the previous adaptations and versions with this character. Uh, real quick. Got the screenwriters. This was written by Michael Green. He had written all the previous two films and it's by himself, which I think is very impressive because a lot of times you get these Hollywood movies and they're like, there's either a team or there's like five writers or it's a team and then it got passed off to another team and they rewrote it and stuff like that. So he wrote all three of these movies by himself and which is kind of cool. But he did write a couple other films, uh, including Logan, uh, Green Lantern, which was part of other people. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, which I think he wrote with others, and then uh, Disney's Jungle Cruise. Those are just some of the more well-known ones that I saw um, on his IMDb. But yeah, and more recently, too. So it's kind of cool. He's been As Wavos just put it, dude's writing his dick off. I mean, yeah, man. Or or dude's writing his dick off, because Huevos' spelling and grammar is um, exceptional. I'll just say that. (laughs) <laughs> it's very good it's very well it's very well done and then we got the the man of the hour himself i'm, I'm re- retarded <laughs> continuing on wait just real quick just to you huevos <laughs> cheers to huevos <laughs> which by the way i'm sitting here with a ton of speaking of fall I'm just gonna. I'm gonna drink oh all this goodness. Fireball by the end of the night. You mean apple cider with that Fireball? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so anyway. we got Kenneth Branagh stars and directs this film. He did so with previous, uh, with the previous two, like we talked about. Um, and he's also known for a lot of his Shakespeare adaptations. He did Henry V. Uh, he did Hamlet, which I think is actually a really good adaptation. Yeah. I think I first no, learned about it. He made that. He made, from what I always heard, was that he saw the Mel Gibson uh, movie that had just come out for okay. Hamlet. He watched that yeah. and he was like, this is, and I haven't seen it, just for the record, I haven't seen it, but he was like, this is bullshit. And so he immediately. <laughs> set out to make his version of Hamlet, a better which version is, which is like i like think it's you're showing one, it's, in school that's what they would show that's the one it, i watched it, it's it is definitive. that's how i learned about that's actually how i learned about kenneth brown i had a yeah. i had a senior actually she was my i think i had her in and then her sophomore year and i had her in my senior year it was the same teacher and i think my senior year was for english class and she showed us two of his films one being hamlet because we had to do you remember we had to go over shakespeare and did hamlet so we watched his hamlet which i thought was at the time i was like i don't this is dumb but then over time i've i've grown an appreciation for the the hamlet movie and the story of hamlet um and also uh mary shelley's frankenstein which came out roughly a little bit after the same time as brom's brom stroker's from Stroker. Is it with the Nero? Stoker's Stoker's Dracula, which was the Coppola Dracula. It was like same t- around the same time in the 90s. His movie didn't do as well, but I do remember yeah. watching that version. Is that with uh, De Niro? In class. Yes, that's the one with De Niro. So okay. he he cool. plays Frankenstein, De Niro plays the monster in that one. Uh he also directed the first Thor movie. He's directed mm. a bunch of movies such as Belfast and then more recently He's collaborated with uh, Christopher Nolan in his last three films, and he's been in Dunkirk, Tenant, and now Oppenheimer, that which, which is our number one on this list for this year. So, yeah. very talented dude. 
um, probably full of himself, uh, which is great he's, because he's he played a, that character in Harry Potter as well. So he's yeah, he's, he's been in a, a lot of stuff. He's yeah. in everything. Apparently, his but, ego is legendary, and it's like yeah, at a certain point, that's how it has to be. Yeah, he's got a. He, I would imagine he's got a huge ego, but he's very talented. So yeah, what are you gonna do? What yeah. are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they, I didn't mention Harry Potter, but yeah, he played like, like uh, you said in, in Harry Potter. He was like a hyper version of himself, where he right, but he, but but he's a fraud, right? He's uh, is it Gilbert Godfrey, right? Got someone out there, Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> no, Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's this what? guy. What? What the? F- yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> Gilderoy, I think that's what it is. I think it's Gilderoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Gilderoy, but he plays, yeah, yeah. He plays Gilbert Godfrey, actually. Oh my god. So I just, I, I got to this slide, and I was like, I hate these big cast movies we do. So I was just like, I'm just. You don't have to, dude. It's a huge ensemble. You don't have to to do everybody. I don't. We know Tina Fey is. We know who Beth from Yellowstone is. We certainly know know Michelle Yao. We know very much who Michelle Yao is. I wrote, we already know who all these people are. This is my last slide. I was like, but it's 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 telling that like the top three are all these like gorgeous women. They're like been in all yeah. these movies that have been yeah, okay. these huge I only hits. Have one like, question. But, like, I have a singular question. Since when does Tina Fey has, have a huge scar on her face? I didn't notice that. Look, it's even in that photo right there. She, she, I, I, I was the whole movie. Never I'm looking at that. it going, and I'm like, wait, since when does Tina Fey have a big scar? And did you look that up? And I, I was curious if that was a uh, uh, makeup, but I was like, no, nah, that looks real as hell. Oh, and yeah, it is so, real. So, since when, like, what, you get in a car accident or something? Says a, says a stranger slashed face face when she was five years old. So she's always had that, and I never her noticed front it. Front yard of her house movie? says, "Scar is fascinating to me. This is somebody who's, no matter what it has, has gone through something." Yeah, like she's crazy. I didn't even know that was a thing. Fight Club, <laughs> Freemason Fight Club, Freemason. That's so low level. <laughs> it's like Freemason, Illuminati, Bilderberg. <laughs> like it's like, Freemason is like way down here. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I never noticed anyway, it until watching this didn't movie, notice, and I'm like... I, I didn't notice oh. until you said that, because I never noticed it. But yeah, it's also yeah. weird. I just think it's, this is a weird... It's like, it's weird seeing Tina Fey in anything that's not comedy. It's like, what's what's the other one that I think of um, from uh, Bridesmaids, who is the lead in that? She's like... It's like, you Wig. see her in any serious... What was it? Kristen Wiig? Yeah. You see her in any serious movie, you're like, this is weird. It's like Sandra Bullock being in, in a serious movie, because you're like... I you're, like you have okay. a com- I've, I've never had that. I've never had that, because anybody who understands comedy can uh, really understand I mean, drama. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I, she was I, bad. Don't sure, me, don't, sure. Don't, yeah, I'm not saying well, she's bad in this movie. But I but I might be. I don't. I don't... I was I was very much because I understand what you're saying. I was very much scrutinizing her and I'm like, she's adequate. But I but I you still can't. She didn't it's, exactly transcend SNL sketch in this. Like and that's where that's that's I that is why it's a demeanor. challenge. I don't know what it's, it is. No, no, it is a it is a challenge for people to make that jump. And it shouldn't be yeah. because because anybody who understands the comedy of a moment can understand the drama because there's a very fine fine blurry line between comedy and drama you know what do you do when you laugh a lot you cry 
What do you do when you're sad? You cry. Like it's there. There's similar emotions in, in, in human right. psychology. So if you understand one, it's, it's quite obvious. You understand the other, the classic cases being someone like, uh, uh, be it like John, even John Candy had serious roles, right? Like funny fat guy, right. but then he had serious roles. Jim Carrey's John probably Riley. I think John, John C. Riley, C. Roll, uh, Riley for sure. Uh, Jim John Carrey really probably did better than anybody else, unless I who Robin what, Williams. No, you're retract what I just said. Robin Williams yeah, Robin is Williams. king. You're correct. He is he is king of of understanding both worlds. So it's it's yeah. so when people say, "Well, I just uh, like I can't get used to it." I'm like, shut up. But but even but all the same, Tina Fey hasn't done a lot of serious roles. And this, so with I, this, this is the it first was, serious role I've seen her in. That's there, all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and there were times where I'm like, serious role. like, she's fine. Like she doesn't she's like fine. She doesn't ruin the movie for me. But it she's is one of those fine. things where every time she pops on screen, you're like, are, are we in an SNL sketch? She's and playing I, a role. And it's she, because it, you can tell she's playing a role. SNL. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't it's come across. It sounds so much SNL. And I I love Tina Fey, but but it, it, she didn't come across as completely authentic. She came across as more kind of jokey and and not even even when again spoilers even when he confronts her where he's like you've been using me this whole time I'm here based on some BS because she her, her whole thing is and the moment she said I'm uh uh the <laughs> the moment she said I only eat apples I was like I'm highly suspicious of this individual that is the weird that is weird but uh she said you know me I only eat apples until supper so I was like that's a thing. Take note of that. I wrote that in my little notepad. I was just like, we should have had notes. You go to this movie, write Weird. down notes. Yeah, exactly. Just like him. Like, look, I mean, look, like what's he doing? He's writing notes. Just write but, notes um, down as you go to this movie. That'll yes, be more yeah. fun. Yeah. But so, but she, she's like, I need you to come to this party. And I'm also a failing. Uh, I used to be a really awesome author and now I'm failing. I'm fading. And I was like, boom. Also motive. very suspect. There's like motive. right away. It's like, she's, she's going to be involved somehow. But but all the same, she was fun at times. But overall, she didn't exist. There were shine. times I, I wanted watched. Tina Fey to shine, but maybe she was miscast for this. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't the worst, honestly. No, it's not bad. It's movie. just fine. There wasn't anybody like there. Literally, for me, there was nobody in this cast that I was like, "That's the they're the weakest link in this the whole thing." And maybe yeah. it was Tina Fey, but I didn't really think she was that bad. I thought everyone was great. Yeah. They were good. It's like the movie um, itself. Yow. It's not bad, but it's fine. It's fine. It's a but good you know movie. me, you know Don't my track record. I'm like, so what is that? Well, what, I told what you, you when we, we did this one, I was like, well, here comes another one you're just gonna hate. And you're like, I will I don't I don't like, hate it. I you're like, I don't I will tell you if I hate this or not. So let's yeah. put up that list. Let's put oh. up that, that list. Let's talk Where about that list, list at yo. Then we can start arguing in this movie. Because Do you I... have an initial? I would put it closer to the world of Creed and Sound of Freedom for me personally. That's where uh, I'm like, uh, uh, I would put it there only. You and because... I, you, dude, no, you and I are right there. Mine, my, my gut reaction was uh, just below Sound of Freedom because Sound of Freedom actually hits. Like you walk out of Sound of Freedom like haunted. You walk out of which doesn't some... automatically mean better. But I, I no. walked out of this like. Okay. I think the you classiness know. of this movie definitely shoot it shoots it up there because again, like you go to this movie, you come out of it and you're like, I can't think of a single bad thing about this movie because every 
thing was great and like every little nick like nitpick i didn't have any yeah. nitpicks like i i really didn't i was like i have nothing to nitpick about this movie nothing bothered me everything played it very safe everything was like made sense it does get i think i think the only thing you can complain about is like it gets super convoluted at times but you have to remember that this is that's the kind of story you're seeing is that's, there's a yeah, lot of these yeah. it's it's but it's been no doubt it's like it's going back to that blue beetle thing I was talking about with DC and Marvel and getting your stuff to the screen first with these types of stories, they've been parodied prior to this movie with movies like murder or murder by death or clue, which basically take that same, basically they take Agatha Christie's version of a story where there's a group of people, they're at an event or a party or on a ship or on a boat or in a train and a murder happens. And then, Crow's there and he has to solve the murder and he goes and he makes his list and he figures out everybody's motives and at why everyone was there and tries to figure all this stuff out. And then finally we get that the classic scene, which is almost a cliche at this point, because it is a cliche where everybody or it's a trope. It's a trope. Let me let me let me walk it back. It's a trope where everybody sits around and he basically spills the beans and says this is what happened this is what like the same with clue clue did the exact same thing they had yeah. uh what was it in wallsworth or the the butler is the so one who goes so through with and... the wrench in the study same thing same yeah. exact thing except i think what's different about this one is like we actually get two moments where there's reveals like this but none of them are fake there, like but there's one I main kind of was i was a, thinking there's a, a little one Right? Are you talking about There's when the little he one where Tina you find Faye? out about Tina Fey and the police officer that he yeah. that he's hired, which and is kind of like, weird? Oh, that raises questions. It raises questions, right? and so it's not like he doesn't reveal them to be the murderers, but they he reveals their their ulterior motives for him being at the party because at this point in the story, which isn't in the book, is that he doesn't want to be a detective anymore. He's like, I'm done doing that. I've I've done that a hundred times. No, he's I'm, still I'm, really I'm good at staying it. myself. Yeah, he's very good at it. Um, but, and then, but like I laid out in the beginning, he's he's like, I've seen enough. It, well, it, right away, they paint a picture of we're post we're, we're in 1947. So we're, World War Two just ended. The worst right. war in history just ended. And so, you know, the world is, has just went through a horrible episode. And meanwhile, everywhere he goes, all and they say that several times. It's like everywhere you go, there's death and despair. And it's like, well, is that the case or doesn't he just? Is it that is it that wherever he goes, people die, or is it that people die and then he goes and he goes and investigate investigates? But but regardless, that's kind of the theme is that he's like, I just want peace. And 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 I did appreciate in in the opener, he's uh, he's just in Venice and it's just it, they make a point of showing it's a beautiful city, and he uh, every time he's he's like Jesus Christ or Neo where every time he walks out of his door, there's all these people that are like, Hey, 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 Hey. And, and they all want something from him. You know, it, uh, yep. I, I, can you, something happened to my family and I need you to investigate. And he's just like, get out of here. Like he's, he, he, he does, he wants nothing to do with mysteries anymore. And then Tina Fey comes in and she's like, you gotta like this seance is so crazy and you gotta come to this party and, and we'll, uh, um, uh, and, and, and if you can figure it out, like if it were to stump you, it'd be the most incredible thing. And that's kind of one of my main questions is it's like, yeah, but so, so all of your books are fiction, right? But they never really clarified whether or not her books are specifically all of uh, Hercules tales. 
And so, do you know? Do you understand what I'm getting at? Where I where get where you're coming like, at, but I think it was there's like, a why part, do you need like a this meta thing there? There's a, a meta bit. thing in there. I think there's a little bit of a meta thing where it's like they're the the movie's kind of winking at you, and if you know, you know. If you don't know, that you don't know. But, but like I don't the movie's know, like the movie's like, oh, she's Agatha Christie, and the the joke is that like she Agatha Christie's been writing all these novels about Perot. And like, that's what made her famous. But then like, that's kind of where they're tying it in with the movie is like, that's not exactly how it all transpired, but like, that's kind of what they're but doing. Why, why is it? The question it raises is this. Why is it that if, cause she says, she's like, I, I had 27 bestsellers back to back and my last three have all been stinkers according to the critics. So, uh, so right away, as soon as she said that, I was like, she did it or she's guilty of something. And so yeah. later when he confronts her, she it's like, you put this, you put this whole thing on, uh, uh, basically like remember in, in, uh, speaking of 2023 movies, remember scream five, where the predates scream six, 2023, yeah. where the whole thing was, we're going to commit a new series of murders so that the next scream, the, the next stab movie, right. The, the meta movies, uh, within the scream universe, um, the next stab movie will be really good because it'll be based on our murders. And that was kind of my thought right away. I was like, Oh, is Tina Fey going to kind of miss Oliver is going to orchestrate this whole thing so that she has more material to write with. But it's like, at the same time, isn't that what imagination is for? Why do you need this to happen in order? Like, is she going to put on the book, like the mystery that even, uh, uh, stumped. Well, yeah, uh, but you know, you and I have always talked about world famous. You and I have always talked about like detectives. why do why do uh why do theaters like why why would you put your movie in theaters? Why don't you just put it straight to streaming? And it's like, well, the part of that is like you want to get butts in the seats, you want to get people there, so you make a big deal about it. Based but on it's the same story. way as you're like ripped, like ripped from the headlines, which has yeah, very much yeah. been used over and over again with Law and Order and other and other mediums medias. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, you're you're going to say, hey, this was a real life story. I have the book about what happened. You know, like I think that's I think that that, that that's where that lies. But I didn't really look too hard into that. But I, I I guess I see why you're like tripped up by it. You're like, wait, what? Um, the other like, thing, how did that I, connect I like with the, the whole thing? Because remember, he he confronts her, and she's like, okay. So sue me, bitch, but and she, the, and and it's yeah. it's like okay, because the whole that thing point, was that she like, and the police officer, his bodyguard, a retired right. police officer, uh, conspired together to make the seance be as convincing as possible, so as to stump Hercule, so that she could base her new book off of it and make a comeback. And and like if I look sure. the other way, I'm like fine, but um, but that that is going on at the same time that an actual series of murders are going on. So like, was that meant to make Tina? Well, that happened, that happened of prior the to them knowing. Yeah. But that's, that's like them. My, my assumption is like, that's happening. That whole thing that you just described is happening prior to them, even knowing that there a was an actual murder and B murder being the one that, that the it's like the murder that happened prior to the story starting that, that, that he has the to fact uncover that there are and real B murders being, going B on being that, that Reynolds actually gets killed. So he's like, yeah. he, I think it's more, here's what it is. I think it's like, he comes into the room and he say his characters, like he can tell the truth. He just knows everything that's gone. Like he figures everything out. Like he's, he's the guy that would walk into the room and be like, 
those two people they're sleeping together and no one else in the room would figure it out but he for whatever reason would it's because know, you like, have semen would... you have semen stain on your face and, and you you have used condom in your pocket like he would just Stop. know <laughs> he would know he would know but i think i think that's i think that's the thing it's like he would know all this all these facts and i yeah. think I think that's why he reveals that information because he's like, he's a sort, he's sorting out. He's like, you did something wrong, but it's not the murder. It's this. And it's kind of like, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of to put it in her place a little bit, but like, that's, that was the vibe that I got from it. So I didn't, the one thing, okay. The one thing I, it's not a nitpick. It's just the one thing I thought maybe the story would do. And I think it's just because I've seen so many parodies of this, including another one that we didn't even mention was knives out slash, glass onion which is takes a lot of it takes a lot of liberties from the agatha christie novel where you're like this character that daniel craig plays is a modern version of perot almost to a t there you go is it better uh, is it better i like them both i i don't know i they're I, both I, fine i they're I, like they're I same similar not, stories i didn't see glass onion but i thought knives out was kind of garbage that, that, that's my, garbage? my take was garbage because it 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 was really because as, okay so in the wake of episode what star wars episode eight right where uh uh yeah because he did whole, he, he did that one and a lot of people didn't like yeah it. remember his whole thing was like i'm gonna subvert expectations and then that led to all these debates yeah, about I whether or not knives out expectations does that but gonna, like knives out was all about subverting expectations but not in a classic murder mystery way it was right away you know who done it and then the rest of the movie was about immigration. And it was just like, this sucks. This sucks. You know, Daniel Craig is like having fun. Daniel Craig's having all, fun. But, okay. but, but I... To I, me, I, it was like the... There, there was no just murder mystery because they told you who did it after They told you who did it. No, no, you don't know who did it. You don't know who actually did it by the until the end of the movie. So I don't know why you're getting that. It's like, yeah, they, they I, show what, what happens where she has to murder him, but then you find out why and, and actually what had happened. So Yeah, and then the whole thing ends up just being about immigration. And I was like, fuck this movie. This movie sucks. And so I had no interest in seeing Glass Onion because I'm like, if it's anything like it's but regardless it's of that, I will say that both those movies take heavy inspiration from this style of story yes. like i'm not even saying any a whole bunch of people one. big ensemble of you know you got you got the guy who and then they're all finishing up playing james bond and every every major actor including the the latest bond girl and all that all in this right. big ensemble cast of a of a whodunit i love that too i love that like I, that is my jam and then but then overall with this movie it's the same thing but in the end, it's it's just it's it, like remember when Creed three ended and Creed three is like whatever, however many Rocky and Creed movies there have been. And remember something I said back then was like that final punch. And then and then uh, our bad guy uh, fell and I was and it was like, it's over. And I was like, no, it's not. Wait, what? Wait, is it actually it's over like the. the the fight yeah. ended before it should have to where I was like, oh, this movie's kind of underwhelming. I do feel, I, I think right? I, that was I think what I this get was. That. There's a like, point he's like, he's like, hey guys, I figured think... it out. And then you're like, you talk to everybody one time was and you figured movie, it out. This... I thought you were in retirement and you somehow atrophied a little bit, but no, it turns out that you're just as good as you've I ever been. And the one thing, the one thing that I was thinking would happen that didn't happen. And I think again, like I was, I was getting to this, but, um, that in a lot of these movies, what will happen is you'll get to a point in the story where 
he reveals like who he thinks the murderer is, but it's not, it's like, it's not a red herring, but it's like a theory, but like yeah. they disprove that theory very quickly. And they're like, actually, that's not what happened. Um, or whatever. Like Tina I thought we get a, I that thought we got Tina like Faye. a, that was the Tina Fey thing, but I thought we'd get more where it was like, yes, like they actually did this or like you actually see Tina Fey with pushing the thing. And then it's just yes. like, that's, I never did that. You know, but instead we but forget about movie, it right like away we, because we saw another ghost. We find Tina Fey and we find what happens. And then he like ro- yeah. goes down that road and then he finds out that's not the case. Her I being like, a suspect um, was hardly used even after she admitted to misdirecting that, him. That, by that point, her. I think the story's like, well, what else are we going to do with her other than she has to stay well, in the room? Well, no, they stay, and remember, she has to be an ally for him. Do you so remember what happened right after that? Home. Right after that, uh, you hear screaming and they run into the whatever the Such piano room or whatever. And what's his name had been stabbed in the back. And, and yeah. he looks at her and she goes, I was standing right in front of you. You know, she's even looking at him right. like there's no way. Which would have been an even better red herring if it had turned out that it was her and and the cop and maybe another accomplice or whatever. But but that all just kind of took a back seat to the rest of the story. Well, and... That's what it. That's what happened. I mean, that's what the story. Like at the end of and the I day, here's the things I liked about this. But one's a couple things I really did like about this movie is one, I liked how they they introduced the the idea of supernatural stuff, but. Like you see it in the movie and the trailers and stuff, and you're like, oh, it's a, it's a haunted house. But then very quickly you realize that like it's not. It's just he's been drugged, and so he keeps seeing these hallucinations. However, there's one hallucination that he sees that you that leaves you in the movie. Where it's like, did he actually see a ghost? Because hmm. he might have actually seen a ghost at that one point in, in the in the story. But most of the movie, it's like, oh, he's like, I've been seeing things all that I've been hearing stuff, and I've been seeing th- stuff, and that honey is not actually honey. And then he, and then I, cause by the time we got to the kitchen and the guy's like, that doesn't taste like wildflower, honey. I was like, it's the honey. There's something about the honey. Someone got the, poisoned. The, something the happened with that. For me. It, so, okay. So th- for the kitchen scene, the kitchen scene was where the ex boyfriend. Okay. So you have the, 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 the woman of the house, right? She's this, right. uh, opera singer. She, um, uh and what's her name again like row row rowinda drake yeah she uh um she's the one who lost her daughter the reason why they're having the seance is because she wants to contact her dead daughter who died of a supposed suicide but but uh some uh, but the as the legend goes there's this curse on the house where there were a bunch of children who lived there in like a children's hospital manner and they were all and it was like a sanitarium yeah and they were all locked into a room to just die of like let's say the black plague like just some kind of horrible disease and so uh if you go into this house and you are a doctor or a nurse these kids will these ghosts of children will seek revenge on you and kill you. And that's what happens throughout the night is that uh, a nurse dies and a doctor dies and they have this mark on their back or it's like, it looks like a, a, like a hand scratch and it's like, Oh my God, the curse of these children. So um, uh, the, the kitchen scene specifically is where the boyfriend, the, the fiance of the dead girl, uh, is being interviewed because the whole thing is that like this, this murder happens, this woman who conducts a seance, Michelle Yao or bond girl, she's killed. So uh, Hercule locks the whole building down, tells the ex cop, his bodyguard, nobody in or out. And so he interviews everybody one by one. And so he's interviewing the ex fiance and he, for you, it was the honey. And yeah, they're highlighting honey throughout the story. 
um, I wasn't really like paying that much attention to it because you never really think about honey being, you know, a drug or whatever. But I wasn't. Later, it was it just like there's something about this. He yeah. when he said that tastes weird, and then she had said something about the garden early on. I was like, there's yeah. something about this honey. I didn't know what specifically what it was, but yeah. there's something about that. But for me, the honey, I was just like waiting to hear what that was going to be about. Later, we find out that it's it's a it's a it's a psychotropic drug. But uh, for me, the moment was when that ex-fiance said uh, her, it, you know, I didn't leave because um, I didn't leave my fiance because somebody else had more money. I left because her uh, when you marry someone, when you marry a woman, oftentimes you also marry her mother, which is very true. And um, uh, and and he said her mother could never have learned to live without her. And I was like, boom, done. That That's where for me, I was like, it was the mom. Yeah. And but I, I but at the mo at the same time, I was like, that's probably too easy. And and maybe that's another red herring or that's another mis misdirect. But I was like, no, like that makes sense to me. And then so then when he so like a couple scenes later, he's like, everybody assemble. The mom did it. And he starts laying out how she did it. I was like, OK, now I still think it was her. But like. Is this too easy? And that's what I mean, where it, it's it, right. in the end, it does kind of just seem a little too easy where the moment that he's confronting her so on the one hand he's supposed to be this incredible detective who who would figure it out that quickly on the other hand though he's supposed to be retired and that maybe he would have atrophied a little bit and maybe he would falsely accuse her and that he would actually be wrong and all the all the, the all the um supposed evidence all the signposts would point to her but then it would end up being somebody else so i'm i'm like I'm like, wait a second, because me, I'm usually terrible at murder mysteries. I'm I'm the type where uh, I, I understand yeah, you watch how any of those shows you watch any of the shows and you're like, wait, who how did, how did this happen? And who's this? And like, yeah, yeah, if you've if you've seen one of them, one of these, you've seen them all. And usually it's like you can guess whoever you want. And typically, if you're if you have a brain, you're going to guess the least Um the, the 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 most ridiculous person so like who who is the most ridiculous suspect in the death of a daughter well it's going to be mom that that's that's crazy why would a mom do that so right away you're like okay it's either her or tina fey you know right uh it's either going to be it's, his I, best I friend like, or it's going to be uh the mom i do appreciate that it's not it's not like as it's not as like as on the nose when they reveal how it was done because it's kind of it's again it's convoluted and, and it was because it's like she, the she whole thing it's to... like she, it was an accident but then she like overdose in yeah then she made it into a whole thing and so yeah yeah it was like the so, honey so was good, but... supposed to be she would been feeding her the honey because she didn't want her to leave so she wanted to make her sick but she didn't want her too sick and then yeah. her her maid Olga gave her too much honey. Because yeah. she was having like all these issues. She's like, it's just she honey. Didn't realize so... it was poison. Yeah. yeah she yeah. didn't realize it was poison. So technically, the maid did it, but she didn't know yeah. she did it. And then the mom made it in look like a suicide because she felt yeah. guilty. So it's like so my it point kind of being, this... my point being is that I'm I, I'm used to being so terrible at murder mysteries and uh, and 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 because if you're writing a murder mystery, you're gonna use all the same old tricks you're gonna point at somebody but then it's like like let, let me let me throw out an example of how this could have turned out uh the doctor right so the doctor who is the doctor of the 
the little girl who died he has right. a young son a precocious child uh you've been on record mccurdy saying people don't like precocious kids yeah because they're, they're creepy as fuck Just so this creepy kid creepy. is there the whole time and and it would have been uh uh they could have easily done all these like red herrings and then it was the kid and why was it the kid because i don't know wh whatever but my point right. being that as you know, any writer could have written it so that anybody could have been the bad guy. So a lot of times you're watching a murder mystery and you're just waiting for the ending because you're like, it could be anybody as opposed to this movie actually does lay out clues where if you're paying attention, it's like, it is the honey and who planted the flowers from where, from where the honey would have come from and all that. But but I'm I'm usually I'm just sitting there waiting for the answer because it's like it could be anybody because any writer is going to try to misdirect you and they're going to be all over the place. So just there's going to be some just, piece just, of evidence at the very last second that's going to pop up. That's really going to be the the thing that. But that even then, the other like they, they walk in and they confront that person. But then like so and so comes this movie, out from the behind about, the gun. The it was missing. Me, OK, there's you know. two things we haven't really talked about about uh, one being their other. There are other players, for instance, Madam, uh, Madam, Yo, uh, Michelle Yo has uh, two assistants who have a whole story on their own that that leads them to be like, what would their motive be? Which, like, when you think about it, it's like they could have had a motive there, too. Uh, and then we had the we talked about the boyfriend. He had a like there's a potential motive there. We had uh, the mom, which we find out is the killer. There's the doctor with the son. Like there's like there's all these there's definitely all these players. Certain some people that it's like it's very obvious that they probably weren't the murderer, and then some that were like they they had more motive than others. Yeah. Uh, but this movie is only like this movie is only like an hour and forty three minutes, which is close to like ninety minute movie, and that's probably why I felt the same way. I was like I left the theater. I'm like that was shorter than I expected to be. I thought there was gonna be another half hour to this, and it was a very short it was very cut short compared to the other ones and i felt like this movie like a lot of that was the in the editing movies, did, did you did you pick up on a lot of uh especially in the beginning there was a lot of editing a lot of just cutting things short uh yeah it, it was it was my my sense right away was like okay wait did they have like a full two hour cut of this and then they told the editor to go back in and cut out 15 minutes they could have and i think part of that could have been because like Cut a cut a it shot to been, five seconds instead of thirty. It's like we want it to be a hundred minutes. We don't want it to be a two-hour movie. And it could have been because the last two. I don't know if the last two were very successful. It's like I, I don't know how successful the last two films were. And this one was like the most low-key of the other two because the other two had like much bigger stars. I mean, I think Michelle Yao at this moment in time was the biggest star in this movie because she had just got off of uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, she was she's been in, in a bunch of stuff recently. But everybody else in this movie are like under the radar. I've never heard of, never seen for the most part. And then the, you look at the the cast of the previous films and it's a lot of like big, big names, people that are still even today. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a that's a big name. Or like, you know, like even having uh, I think in the first one you had Ridley uh, Daisy Ridley was in that one. There's like a ton mm -hmm. of cast in the first movie. Johnny Depp then, is in that. Johnny like, Depp's in the first one. Judy Dench and then this movie like, is just like it's that. a much smaller film. So I do wonder if they were like, let's just make it a shorter picture. Um, and again, like, again, let's again, again. Is it is it simply and classically told? Or is it tired and lazy? And that's where there's there's I don't a. I think it's tired a, and lazy. A, I think they I think they do some really interesting stuff with the haunted house element to it. And sure. I think they did 
that is a that, little bit more through. I think the, the haunted house stuff. Hook. The haunted house stuff is the hook of this movie, and I also like that they give the house a little more of a backstory. So, like early on, I was saying, like it's not a horror movie. It's not. It just has a lot of the same setups of a horror film, where it's like this house, like, and they do it in a fun way, where like the first thing that happens is. There's this keep, like, keep going. Keep going. There's this Look haunted. Up. There's this Halloween party, much like the book, and all these orphans have been uh, invited to uh, to this party because they're bringing the the American tradition of Halloween to Venice because this is post World War II, and all of the kids go to the Halloween party, and then the, kind of a fun way of exploring exposition, they have this whole scene where this guy narrates the the tale of the house to the kids but it's also narrating to us as the audience as we're watching like this kind of dramatic story traumatic story of like how there was all these kids who were in this house and it was like a sanitarium back for like tuberculosis or the black plague or something and they were all locked in there and they all died and you're like oh my gosh uh so now you're already like raised your suspicions already raised and you're like oh my goodness what are they what's going to happen next and they have of course they have the séance and i i liked all that stuff so i think that at least the end of the day it, it leaves you with something that's a little bit different from a lot of other of these murder mystery films and i don't think it's uh or mur- like these big murder mystery type movies so it's it does bring something unique and different to the table that i i thought i appreciated but i do agree with you when it comes to the the final product you kind of leave the theater just like okay i saw that but it's not like the worst movie going experience there's nothing that like sticks out at you that's like oh this is this is the worst movie ever and now i'm just left here all by my lonesome as charlie has to go to the bathroom um no, i'm here there was and 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 all everything you just said is true like that that is the 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 hook of this the unique part of this movie is is what you just laid out the whole um uh uh it but it's just it's like would it have been more interesting if the kids had stuck around because uh well one one random question who was the guy in the mask who was telling the story about the you know no i want to actually i want to know if that is somebody if, if that was actually like some big name and they just stuck snuck him into the movie and you never knew who he like yeah, could have been ridley scott or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's just like hiding and like you would, you know you would never know that was him but like uh yeah they, you never know there's a guy yeah so what we're saying is there's a guy in a mask who's telling the story to the kids at the orphanage and they have this big screen and they have these shadow puppets and they're which showing is, it in shadow cool. puppets which is cool. I liked I liked that because it kind of because it's 1947 it, and so they you know they don't have a I DVD think, player. I think that's the other thing I like is just like when we think of holidays, uh, there is like certain holidays have a certain nostalgia to them. And like when we think of Christmas, there's this nostalgia of like the Rankin Basque um, holiday specials with uh, with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that's kind of in our vernacular of like what we think of Christmas. And I think with Halloween, it's gone from like just just the holiday, not outside of horror films. It's like we have kids in costumes and those costumes over the years have become less and less it's almost like movies it's like they've been less and less about um just generic things like i want to be a pirate i want to be a ghost every year now it's like i want to be paw patrol i want to be spider-man i want to be a little more commercial you know you know it's like it's all about being a character from your favorite tv show or movie and it's like that's that's kind of slowly crept in 
to Halloween, but I, I thought it was kind of cool and a little creepy where you're at this version of Halloween or the, the, it's still the same holiday essentially, but it's like, this is the, the forties ha Halloween in Italy. So it's people in mask and it's kids in mask. And there's, it's more about like apple bobbing, which you never see anymore because I think of germs and people don't want to put their mouths in water. The other people put their mouths in and everything else. So yeah. it's just kind of a, it's kind of a neat little like, Oh, this is kind of a window into another, like just another time period of, of Halloween, which I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Something like that was, was interesting. I, the, the, there's a scene, uh, very early on. So they have the whole party and then they have the seance and the seance is, is like our first little dose of creepy stuff going on. And yeah. he's trying to figure out what's real and what's fake. And there, there's a moment where he does, he reveals that, uh, uh, Madame Michelle Yeoh has uh, two assistants and not just one. And that other assistant was hiding and, and he was controlling uh, something. He was like activating uh, a thing. Special remote. That, that would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like a special effect that was, you know, supposed to add to the, to like, this is a real thing. So he's exposing her as being a fraud, but then other things happen that are kind of hard to explain. Uh, I'm sure you caught how the, the parakeet that's just kind of like hanging out throughout the movie um, oh, yeah. Michelle Yao was freaking out. She's, she's like, Aah! she's like ripping her skin <laughs> off like this. And she's the parakeet, this? Every, everything gets quiet. And the and the parakeet goes, "Holy shit!" Which is like, <laughs> was the movie's yeah. That's the other thing. The movie is kind of funny. Like it's like it's kind that, of that Branagh thing has that, that sense of humor. Like he, he, has, he does. He does even in Hamlet. He does weird things. It's a Christopher Nolan sense of humor where it's like you can throw mm. in little jokes that aren't that. Like in a movie that's taken seriously, you throw in just a very tiny joke and it gets a big laugh yeah. because it's like you don't expect it. Exactly. So, so but uh, yeah. Anyway, the, back to your list. What? Oh, list? go ahead. You have something. Well, no. There, there's. There's um. I can't even remember what I was just talking about with, with the seance and all that, but it's, it's, um, there's like the way the movie opens is you just see shots of Venice and, um, and there's birds, right? There's a bunch of birds right. and mm -hmm. then a, there's a whole bunch of crows. I think they're crows. And then a seagull, I believe it was a seagull eats one of the crows and that's one of those, and then and then it's 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 the opener's like, you know, it's, and then he wakes up, and it's it's meant to be all meaningful. And I'm like, what is, it? what, like you had a white bird eating a black bird who was in a bunch of black birds, and like was that, what? Do you understand? Do you remember this? I do, but I I think you're like I I I always look at those types of moments where they're just trying to set the mood of the movie because if you like in that a, image, yeah. is like the it sets the mood for the movie because you, you don't know like, okay, what kind of movie are you getting into? And then if you have an image that shows that you're like, Oh, okay. I see what this movie's going to be. I, I, you know, I, I don't see it as like being like awfully, like, I guess you're saying like he woke up, like it's a dream. Yeah. Well, thing, and like exactly. That was supposed to have a, a lot of meaning. A, it's a dream. And it I, was, it's like, um, and, 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 and at the time I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like what, what does this mean? I want to know what this means. But, uh, but like you're saying like we never the see end, I'm the like, it imagery, kinda... we never see that imagery um take place later in the film is what you're if 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 instead that opener was the actual death of the girl that would have had more that would have actually been more cohesive 
with this whole story versus just a random uh, one bird eating another just so uh hercule i don't think it's random i think it's more again i think it's more symbolic but i do think but the, but, but if, if they go that route if they went that route what well crows are some like Crows usually mean death. Yeah. So, so you had a you had a seagull, and then you eating, also have you had a seagull these... eating a crow. So what the fuck does that mean? Mm, what does it mean? I don't. That's seagulls what I mean, are white, like... right? Yeah, on, but seagulls are white, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe me. Let me hold on. Where's my pretentious glasses, real quick? Let me put my my pretentious specs on for a second, right? Your Let's Boris analyze those specs. Let's. What, okay, what are they so called? One, of the, one bird was white. One bird, one bird was, was white. Black. And the other bird was black. And usually crows mean death. But the white okay. bird ends up eating the crow. Is that right? Yeah. So is, is what he the is say he about the seagull? people? Is he the is seagull? The, maybe. Or, and, and he's eating Or the people death? that we think are the nicest people that we that we generally like the mother, which we sit look look upon and, and as like these nice and holy people or people that we look up to and we think, oh, they're, these are people that are, um, uh, you know, they, these are good people. This is what a mother would never good. kill we her daughter. We never think of mothers of murderers. We never yeah. think, why would we ever think that? And then like, so that opening image, maybe that's displaying is like, like you never know. Basically just saying like, you never know who uh, could be a murderer, who could be, you know, evil. We okay, don't, that you know, makes sense. even if it's somebody in white. So that's where I was like, I, I don't sense. think it's a bad thing. I just think it's, it's like bad, it's, I but it's just what it, I wish it, they it reads is random. If there's anything, if there's anything that I wish they had done more with, is maybe and maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. Is bring back that motif towards the end. Like uh, we talked about Sidney Lumet, and I've read his book about, and he's the one who directed the murder, the first murder in the Orient Express, and he talks about that. He talks about like if you have symbolism in your movie, like try to like try to find those bits of symbolism that you can use like i think the famous one people will probably point to is uh schindler's list with like the girl in the red and everything else where every, the movie, whole movie is black and white but you can do things like that where it's like they i just wish maybe he went farther with it where it's like okay we have the seagull and it eats the crow and then like is there uh is there something at the end of the movie that could symbolize that what that meant or just reminded us about the seagull and the crow yeah. Throughout had had that motif shown itself right. once or or twice more versus just being something that happens in the beginning where you're like what but you i know? do think again i think i think at the end of the day it's just an opening image to get you in the mindset that this is going to be a murder darker film but and it you is say like, that I, you say that and then i respond with well if that's the case then why not show the murder of the girl or show the death of the girl that sparks this whole thing? i think they wanted to i think they wanted to uh i think the reasoning is because they i think they want to get from his perspective Versus going it from a different perspective. I think it's it's a. Oh, it was, like, it was a dream. It, it was basically a dream he had, where a seagull ate a crow, and not just a seagull eating a crow, but there's a, a whole murder of crows. And... Yeah, but again, like I, I think it's like it's more of like it's one of those questions of like who when you have a story, it doesn't matter who the story is, but whose perspective do you start with, and is there a point to different perspectives? And sometimes I think there is, like where it's like. Do you start from the perspective of the main character? Do you start from the perspective of the bad guy doing the crime? Do you start with the perspective of 
the girlfriend? Do you start okay, from Okay, okay, sure, but if you're going to start with you know I mean? with Hercule's perspective and his whole thing is that he's, I think it's just so No, no, no listen, think, listen, like if his whole is if, if the his whole idea is that his faith is gone because of all the horrible things he's been through, right. then maybe we should have seen his final a flashback to his final uh, 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 murder mystery, where like I remember, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me, I can't remember the. Um, but doesn't this what's, movie, what's the end movie? Like, No, what's the movie or show where there's a character who's like, I, I gave up on humanity. He was a detective. He's like, I gave up on humanity when I showed up to a crack house, and they had put their baby in the microwave to dry the baby off. Was it and, Matt? Was it? It's either training day or it was a Breaking Bad moment. Maybe it was. Uh, it, that was Breaking Bad. You're right. That was Breaking Bad. But that's what I mean. Like something that shows us more uh, Hercules' um, perspective of like this is why the guy is without faith. Even though there's been two movies beforehand, seeing this as a singular movie really hit that theme of him having. Uh, 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 having very little respect for humanity because of some awful things he's seen other than a seagull eating a crow. And it's like, oh, it's so symbolic. And I'm like, yeah, but we forgot about that immediately. And it never came back. And, you know, from there we had, we had other symbols. We had like bees. Uh, we had these kids, like we, we had better uh, uh, symbols rocking rather than a, fucking seagull and a crow that, that's where it's just like the movie doesn't hit particularly hard it's enjoyable but it doesn't hit all that hard you so. definitely you definitely don't leave with a sense of like yeah you, you don't there's not a there's not a triumphant feeling at the end of this movie you're just kind of yeah. like okay that was the, that was yeah. the end of that case next yeah. case and even, you know, even, that, even that's down the, to that's the evening of it yeah, even down to, to one of them was that at the at the very end. So uh, the the he 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 confronts everybody, including the mom, who's the killer, and she runs up to the top floor. And what we witness is is the the Alicia, right? Is the or Alicia is the daughter who's who was you know, dead. You know what this whole thing story is about. And we've yeah. seen her throughout the the whole movie. Um, she interacts with Hercule and then um, right at the end, the mom is like, I'm never going, I'm not going to jail or whatever. And we see, we, we watch as, as Perot watches Alicia throw her mother, like ghost Alicia throws her mother off the, you know, off the building, off, the, let's say the roof and um, lands in the water. And then, and then we see her dragging her down, which for the record, uh, is haunting as hell. Like any anything having you know to do with like a spirit pulling a pulling somebody down to the depths is fucking terrifying. That is that you know is what it reminded me. If of? You want to strike the fear in the heart of me? That's what you do. What does it remind you of? It reminded me of. Have you, did you ever see Night of the Hunter? No. With uh, Robert Mitchum, it's this it's this movie. Uh, I can't remember the act, the director's name, but he's a he was a he was an actor himself, much like this movie. But it's a movie about a. a preacher but he's not a preacher he's a con con artist and he cons this this woman and like falls in love with her but then you find out that he like basically takes all of her money and kills her but the image that you see of the woman is she's underwater and this is a black this movie's in black and white and she's underwater and her hair's like flowing 
and she's dead because she was drowned underwater, basically tied down to her car and sunk into the bottom of a into the bottom of a lake. Yeah, and it's a creepy image, but that's what it reminded me of. But you're right; anytime you see water and ghosts, it's creepy. So, and any anything, yeah, like uh, pulling somebody down into the depth, like that. That the 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 ending was very effective for me, at least, because that's something that that um uh you know anybody who's ever been out like i don't know boating and and uh you're tubing or you're skiing and you're left behind and you know you're by yourself in the middle of a lake it it is simultaneously thrilling and terrifying so but regardless it's um that was that was effective and like for me i i think you've said at this point you're like it's i think i would say for you you don't interpret this as being uh, a supernatural movie you see it you you seem to err on the side of it was all in this guy's head whereas me i'm like nope based on that final scene the ghosts are real like that was a ghost i think i think the one time i killed her mom there's a good chunk of the movie there's like a good chunk of the film where it's very easily explained that it's that it's the drugs but then there are two instances including the one you're talking about where Maybe the ghosts are real. And one of them being when he sees the little girl and he thinks that she was one of the girl. Like you think, oh, this is the logical explanation. She was the girl. She was one of the orphans that was at the party and she just got lost and stayed there. And she's been there the whole time. And Which would have been cool. I kind of wish that that would have been the case. I kind of wish Tina Fey comes in and she's like, who the hell are you talking to? And he's like, yeah, yeah. You don't see that. One. And then she's like, you turn back and obviously she's not there. And you're like, yeah. Oh, and then you find out later that that's actually the young version of the, is, the daughter. Which was like, confusing. Like, like why daughter. would there be a young version versus just like the teenage? That's not confusing. I feel like well, it was. Well, it was. Good. It was. It was odd. It was. It was like it's odd. Well, it's odd, but I feel like again going into the pretentious mind. I think when you when you deal with characters of death, I think I think all bets are off as as to what they appear as whether they're going to appear sure. in their younger age or if they're older age and i th- and i and i that's where i'm i'm like no i think it's i think it's perfectly well, fine why, for why didn't she show up as a way. tiny little infant but it also reminded me um there, do you guys do, do you hear that baby, baby crying do you, do you hear that baby crying yeah maybe she was a little baby <laughs> um, but it also reminded me of um again there was a movie i just watched recently called uh the innocence and in that movie there's a po- part of the story where there's like these ghosts and the main character, she keeps thinking there's these two ghosts or these two other people in the house. She doesn't know who they are. And f- at one point in the story, she finds this picture in this attic and she's like, looks at it. And she's like, that's she like, looks at the picture and you're led to believe that either a, she figures out, like she says to the other maid, she's like, that's the ghost. That's the guy I saw. And she's, she's like, that guy died years ago. And so it's like, ooh, it's spooky. Or you're led to believe that, like, that's in all of her head, and she saw that image after the fact, and then she, like, her brain made that 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 assumption that that was what she saw. So there was yeah, that's that, where it's okay, like that, that's where it's like that's what they kind of did in this movie with the spooky thing, where he finally sees he sees a picture or something, and then when he looks at the picture, he realizes like, oh wait, that's the little girl I saw. There was so a moment spooky. in um the kitchen scene that had the whole honey moment uh mm-hmm. where again the the fiance the ex-fiance he um he said something that he said a line that was on theme with Branagh 
uh, with Perot uh, questioning religion and all that. Um, that almost would have been better for him to say, but it was, you know, it's like it still worked, I guess. Was he was talking about? He's like, you have all these humans searching for meaning, and when they see, uh, you know, they're they're constantly trying to bring or bring order to chaos. Like they see stars in the sky and they assign constellations. Like that's not just a, a vague collection of stars. That's Cassiopeia or. Uh, look at this family photo and there's a, a weird vague blur or, or highlight and that must be grandpa, um, which was, uh, which I appreciated. That was on theme, right? Cause that's, that's kind of, uh, the theme of the movie is, uh, and something that, that, uh, Perot lays out logically early on is that if ghosts exist, then, that means we something occurs. There is something after death, which means that there is a God because God would then have created that soul that lives on after death. Very logical, right? And um, and that's that's I I love that theme. I, I like take something like True Detective. I love True Detective. The whole the whole season one of True Detective is uh, Rust and Cole talking about like all just all this mad atheism stuff. And then right at the end, he has something that occurs where he's like, but I'm not sure. And that's that's kind of the the essence of the search for faith theme is always that, you know, people will say they'll 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 just they'll rationalize things and they'll say, like, it's it's just us searching for meaning when in, in a meaningless existence and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to it, if there was ever any definitive proof, like, you know, people say, like, oh, there's no. Uh, nobody's ever gotten a shot of a ghost. And it's like, yeah, but if it's almost as if, if, if you were designing this existence and in order for us to actually have free will, faith does have to be a choice at the end of the day. And that's why a movie like this resonates very hard with me because it does come down to personal interpretation as opposed to a definitive answer because a definitive answer doesn't reflect reality where in reality we do have to choose faith because faith uh being something based on belief isn't based on pure logic as in you have evidence like here's hey look here it is like on cnn boom here's a, a picture of a ghost this is our first picture of a ghost ever it's confirmed this is a ghost well guess what would happen everybody would believe because boom there's the evidence everybody would believe so it's almost as if even in the age of having cameras everywhere, it's we don't have that definitive proof because if we had it, then people would believe by default versus believing out of faith, which which implies we still have free will. It's as if our free will would be robbed from us if it was that easy to believe. And so that's why I resonate with movies like this, because. You can argue it either way based on things that that happened in the movie. It's like a 50-50 coin flip, like are ghosts real or not by the end? Because his logic is sound, but in reality, I mean, in reality, there are millions of people with ghost stories and none of them have any tangible proof that they can submit, which for me is is on, on the cynical hand. It's like, well, that's because everything's bullshit, man. On the more like meaningful side is is this idea that uh yeah it's, it's almost like it's designed that way it's almost as if mm -hmm. it would almost it'd be too easy if there was any definitive proof and so and that's even something like x-files i'm almost done wa 
watching the whole way through All everything X-Files. that's X-Files. And that's something that happens regularly there is that the audience sees all these crazy things happening, but there's never Mulder agent Mulder never gets any tangible proof that one photograph or that one thing that would confirm all of his beliefs and drives him mad. But it's almost like it's as if reality is designed that way because it would just be too easy otherwise. And then if you take right. just, and I'm almost done. If you, if you, uh, what was that other movie or the, the TV show on Netflix called uh, Messiah um, where uh, Messiah did the same thing where the whole thing is like, is this actually the return of Jesus? Is this guy actually Jesus 2.0? And so the whole time they're kind of giving you a 50, 50, like something happens and you're looking at it going, uh, that that could be real or and then they give you evidence that it was fake or whatever but the whole po- at at some point he's in uh the that that uh that well that man-made well um by the Washington monument and he starts walking on water and it and some people are looking at it going well this is a this is a goddamn miracle and other people are going well it could be a it could be a trick, blah, blah, blah. The point being that if we witnessed a miracle happen, if any of us saw, if like a big group of people saw a ghost, uh, a week later, every nobody would care. Some people would, would say it's BS. Uh, other people would say, some people would believe, some people wouldn't believe, but in the end. Well, uh, already, I mean, you're talking about stuff that's already going on currently now currently now with aliens people are like oh yeah. people are coming out and saying like yeah aliens exist there's this real yeah. stuff and they're like going and on nobody like, cares actual going up to congress and saying all this stuff and like there's a lot of people that are just like okay yeah okay because we're also and I'm, and used I'm like to in that camp now. of like but i'm also in that camp of like i will like I, i'm like i want to believe in that stuff like that sounds cool. you just said it you just well, said it i want to believe that's like that's Mulder's whole thing that's i want, that's I want Mulder to believe things. I want to yeah. believe, but but when I see the the stuff where it's like people coming up and they're saying like, "Oh yeah, it's a real thing," and you're like, "Okay, well, like show me video footage that doesn't look like it could be doctored, not a like a plane even, from miles away." Like I, was, I literally, even if you got I what you literally wanted, saw you would footage still not of believe. like I still You'd saw still footage. be skeptical. Like I was watching an art. I was watching a video about about uh, UAPs is what they're calling them now, and yep. uh, the guy was talking about how like some of the UAPs that the military has reported back is actually like faulty like it's actually their scopes are having these issues and they're not actually there so they think they're seeing it on their scopes when really it's like their scopes are, are malfunctioning and there's and that's like some of that stuff they can't explain because it's the scopes themselves are, are top secret so they can't really like go into detail as like why is it doing this yep. they're saying like half of that is that and then the other half of it is like they can't explain it like we have no idea what this is yeah so but they're even out if, there. Even if, even if they came out with, look at this video and look at all this evidence yeah, I, and all right. people, everyone would, still would be like, no one would be skeptical. Like, have, yeah, yeah, everyone would be so skeptical. But, so anyway, look, back to the Jesus, list. Jesus Christ came back and he brought this person back from the dead, and there's all this proof. And then people would still be like, ah, uh, I don't know. You know, and then that, and that's that's that, again, that's why a, a story like this is meaningful, because what he's saying is like, I need that logic. I need he's like, God, I need you to make it simple. I need you to send me a sign. And what he gets is something that uh, is only personal to him. And so now it's just like he believes 
based off his personal experience and he could never convince he could never convince tina fey to believe uh based on his experience alone and that's kind of why he keeps it to himself but that's that's that is the essence of faith that a movie like this is how you classic movie yeah it's and and that's that's where that's where half of me is like i i like i love all that and then the other half is like but the overall story elements are some lazy is a heavy word played out and i'm not trying to insult the movie by saying there's some laziness to it but it seems like it's just kind of like like what'd you say played out it's just like I think it's played. I think I think it's more of oomph, we've seen this no so many times. I think it's it's more of of the case of like you and I have probably seen this movie as far as the way in which the story is told, not like the but murder mystery wise. This movie would be pretty low on a list of murder same, mysteries. It's the same thing I've seen. I mean, even the movie that we're that you haven't seen, Glass Onion, follows a lot of the same tropes. People go to an yep. island. There are a bunch of different people. There are a bunch of different suspects. And you, he solves a mystery really quickly, and then, then there's twists and turns, and you're not sure what everyone's motives is. And then uh, over time, by the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh, this is what actually had been going on this whole time." And like, yeah. you, you like you figure out who the actual murderer was. It's the same thing, but it's like every whether it's Clue, whether it's this, whether it's Murder by Death, which is another great like classic whodunit story, but they they are more riffing on literary um, detectives and of of the time period when that movie came out. So it's like, it's nothing new mm. in that regard, but I do think there's enough newness to this where there's a little slight fresh take where it's like, Oh, that's kind of a unique way of making the story. So I think our assessment is where I would put it. I think I'd still think I would put it right under sound of freedom because it, it like it, it, it doesn't have anything that's missing. Like if anything, it's just, okay, this has been done before, but like, it's still pretty solid, but it doesn't, when you leave the theater, you're not like, you're not blown away because it doesn't, it doesn't get you, I think emotionally, like some of the other movies do uh, by the end of it. Like even like Gran Turismo is like, by the end of that movie, you're just like on the edge of your seats. You're just like, yeah, he did it. Uh, where this movie is like, he did it. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, yeah, he did it. Okay, even though he great. came out of retirement to do it. It doesn't did seem it. like it was that much of a challenge, which I did. I did love the line where at some point Tina Fey, you know, cause he early on, he's like, Tina Fey, you're going to be my second in command. You're going to be my assistant. And, and she's, and so right away, then you're, you're also like, okay, uh, I got to yeah. suspect her, but uh, she says something to him. And he said, what'd he say? He said, uh, he said, don't, don't awaken the bear and then be as upset when he tangos. And she was like, nobody has ever said that ever. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it was like an old man joke. It was like a, it was like they, yeah. uh, it was like a dad joke joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. That but, was um, but the fact yeah, that you movie... and I, you and I came in, it's, this is a rare occurrence that you and I come in with the exact same assessment. Very so I'm not even like... going to question it. Uh, no. But I think a lot, a lot of it's just like Sound of Freedom definitely leaves you wanting to cry. Uh, Flash has a heartfelt moment, but is marred by uh, the actor and probably all of the CGI that's in that movie. But at the end of the day, you're actually like the story it's a mess. works really well. It's a, the movie's it's a kind mess. of a mess. Yeah, I but, didn't see. But, but so is Fast X. Asteroid City is its own mess. Spider Man's its own mess. Like everything below this, like a Haunting in Venice, is is adequate so far as like being put together. 
it's like well put together, but and everything it's but, lackluster. But like it's there's not much, and I and I, I keep going back. There's not much to complain about this movie, but there's no. some of the movies on the top, like but the caveat, like the not the caveat, but it's just Creed three is a really well acted movie. But it's because it's well acted and certain actors really shine that you're really like invested in that movie. Where there are huge flaws in that movie, particularly I think the the third act could have been rewritten a little bit better. But this movie, it's like everything is good. It's like handing in like an A plus paper. But like if I were to take someone else's A plus paper and your A plus paper, and like we read both of them, you're like, yeah, this they're both good, but I like this one more because there's like this just gave more umph to it. Yeah, not it, that well, it was a B plus. Between an a it wasn't and a an B plus effort. It's it a, wasn't a, a B plus effort. It was literally yeah. just like this is an A and this is an A. Whether it's an A or a B, it's not a plus. There's no like as plus implies like it's even better than this letter. You I'm, know? I'm just saying like for, this, for this the doesn't... sake of analogy. But, I'm, but I'm, analogy, I'm, ext- I'm, I'm extending your analogy by saying that if this movie's a B, it's not a I, B plus, it's just a B. There's no plus a... to this, you know. You don't walk out. Like, again, when I, I walk out of something a. like Infinity Pool or Bo's Afraid and my brain hurts because I'm so excited about what's in my head now, that's an A plus. Whereas with this, I'm like, is it, it, was, it was adequate. And even down, okay, so like, like there are things at the end where there, there, there were just two other notes I had. One of them is that there was a moment where it was like, okay, uh, we're gonna go ahead and insert, we're gonna insert a, a a mystery within a mystery, which is that how is it that the guy they had the a doctor character they had him locked in a room by himself, and yet oh how did they he hear die? a noise and you run in and it's like how is it that he has a knife in his back, and then later it's like. Well, because, uh, Mom, you called him on the interior phone network. You called him and you said, hey, motherfucker, you better kill yourself or I'm going to kill your son. And then this guy who you're like, well, why would he kill himself that way? A scene. Yeah. A scene before we had just seen him that that. That of uh, yeah, that that I didn't even write down, but yes, why would he stab like, why himself would he, in the why back? Would you, if you if you're told like kill yourself, like you would made, fall like, on a like, sword, you would fall on it, which would mean your chest. You wouldn't stab yourself in the back because what if you fucked it up? Then you then you just have a knife in your back and you're like ah or ah you would you would cut someone, your fucking you throat. You would stab you yourself in the heart. It would happen in the front, not the back. But what he does is he puts a knife on a on a wall and then he he lays on it right as opposed to falling on it like you would if you needed to die via the only thing you had in the room you would either cut your own throat or you would set the blade on your heart and then you would fall on it like a roman soldier he didn't go out he didn't do that because he needed because agatha christie wanted the mystery of how did this guy get stabbed in the back and it's it's so so yes unless she said she may have said michael green wanted that not not agatha christie sure sure sure. these things are very drastically different and you could say maybe it's because the killer person said you you're gonna do it this way right you have to do it this way but but I'm watching it going. We just watched this guy beat the life out of another character. Wouldn't couldn't he just kick the door down and go and try to save the life of his son? I mean, you could argue that no no no, 
uh, she was so convincing and she she was like, I have your son right here and I'm going to kill him because that was the thing. She was like, I'm going to kill your son if you don't kill yourself. Um, but it's but it doesn't exactly add up in a way that you're like, oh, that makes sense. Right. And and it, it's it's sad because we only see it in a flashback and it would have been stronger as an actual scene. But we couldn't see the scene um, because they needed the shock value of finding this guy with a knife in his back. But what wouldn't it have been better if we'd have seen the guy get a phone call and we don't hear the other person on the line, but he gets the phone call and then we watch him kill himself, you know, like that. Like and then it gets rid of them. I mean, there's more mystery, but it gets rid of the mystery for the characters. It's one yeah, of those things but... where you're asking, you're asking the audience, you're like saying, Hey, audience, you're, you're changing the scene from mystery to suspense. Cause now it's like, yeah, okay. There's, but it's both because then there's no heroin. Hold on no heroin we're gonna bring that back now that we have that t-shirt yeah. uh uh yeah but no you get that you get like you're asking you're like well if you put that scene in the movie and it's as a scene and we see it instead of a flashback it adds a sense of mystery because for the audience we have no idea who was on the other end of the phone and why did he do that that way we don't know that but now the audience now that now the audience knows more than the uh the uh blah 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 then the then the characters yeah now it's a scene of suspense but it's also seen a mystery for them but now yeah it's like it's a whole thing it's like so instead but instead what we got was a catch-up at the end where it's like you called him and you told him to come like suddenly hercule got all this stuff correct he got nothing wrong he got nothing wrong including the hail mary of uh, how did the guy die? Well, he died because you called him and convinced him to kill himself. Like, it's just like, like, I guess that's logical, but at the same time, he could have been so wrong about that. But, uh, you know, we're, but, the, okay. And, the, and then the next step of that was also that, uh, the next day, uh, uh, the, the caretaker chick, she ends up adopting the boy because her, uh, the boy's dad had stabbed himself in the back. Uh, and then it turns out that all of this is because of the boy. All of it. He's like, remember that? Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Like cause the- he's like, but then he says something. Yeah. And then it's like, it's tied up because it's like, he's, he's like, he's like, I know you're the one who black- blackmailed them. Because you were the, in the initial, when the initial uh, thing comes out, it's like, he says the doctor was the one who blackmailed her. And really, it was the kid who was doing this. It was the doctor's son and because because he knew because doctor's son had seen all the evidence of the poisoning and he was like she wasn't murdered or she wasn't it wasn't suicide she was murdered or she was poisoned and so the son kind of figured all this out because he also reads a lot of books so he knew that the that the flowers and the honey like he figured all this out much like Perot would and then at the end Perot's like just to give us a little more hook it's like oh no you were the one who did this but then it's like you didn't know what to do with all that money. So you were just like, yeah, I just paid the bills. I didn't know what to do with the rest of the money. So then they, they tie it back to the two assistants who had this whole story where they wanted to go to Missouri because they saw uh, see you in St. Louis or meet you in St. Louis. So they just want to go to Missouri. So he's like, well, we can all tie all this stuff up yeah. and they can all go to go to Missouri. And he, he gets a mom and she gets a son and, it's all wrapped up nice. And, and then little, based off of all of that, he's suddenly he's like, my faith is restored. And and, and, and th- between that and seeing a ghost and and it's I don't know, in the end, it just ends up being 
too easy and um I think, that's, I, that's, I do think with a lack of adversity of that's why you walk out of it being like eh, it's just kind of underwhelming yeah. you know it's not bad but one, it's underwhelming i think it's the runtime too because i like looking at the runtime i'm like oh this wasn't even a two-hour movie this was an hour 40 which roughly it's hour 43 which is 100 minutes 100 103 minutes hmm. so i'm like okay i i think there may have been a cut or there may have been like 20 minutes that they could have utilized, but maybe they didn't have a lot there and they wanted to shorten it for, cause maybe they, maybe they realized maybe who, well, again, who, they who interviewed was. everybody. Maybe they realized time. they didn't have, they interviewed everybody they... one time to the point where it was like, okay, based off single interviews with everybody, he solved it with no, no problem. You know, the only okay. problem was that he was high the whole time because of the honey, but like that didn't stop him. I that just love that scene anything. where he's like, You don't hear that? And he's like running. He's just like, She's like, Everybody else is like, What is this dude doing? He's just like running through the house, just trying to find where the noise is coming from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, uh, from a production standpoint, though, the final shot of the movie was pretty dope. Where Which he, oh. so he, uh, so remember in the beginning, he turned down that guy who was like, everybody in my family is dying. I don't get it. Oh, and yeah, he, yeah. and he's like, screw off, buddy. Um, and then at the end, that guy comes into his house. He's, he comes out to the top of the roof and he's like, and, uh, he's already solved the, the mystery of this stranger and he's telling him what to do. And then it's this whole aerial shot and it's just like flying around Venice. And I was like, yes, eh, that was cool. It's just, you know, like a, right. you know, just an appropriate ending. But the other thing, we, thing, I should have done this for our slides just because we covered Bond. I should have just been like, these were the scenes that this is the exact same place from Bond because like there's specifically a bridge. And I think they use it in almost every Hollywood movie that goes to Venice. There's a bridge that they walk across. And I'm like, that's the same bridge from Moonraker. That's the same bridge mm. from all these other Bond films. Spider-Man, yeah. like there's a bunch of them where they go to Venice and they go to a lot of the same lo locations uh, in that area. And I'm like, after watching this, I'm like, God, I want to go to Venice. Like that's out of all the, I, all yeah. the cities, I want to go to Venice. Like, I never care about any city, but Venice is one of those where, and they even say always, at some point, they're so like, it's a, it's a, Tina Fey says it's a jewel ready to fall into the sea. And I'm just like, yeah, because, well, because it, it's such a, it represents such a different way of life you, that the water yeah. is such a, I mean, me, I, I had a hard time finding a, a home in Indiana because I kept telling my realtor, put me on water, put me on water. I, I have a hard time not being on water. And she's like, it's Indiana, you idiot. <laughs> like there's not that much water. And I was like, I was hey, like they did that it, with the casinos. Know? They did that with the casinos in Indiana at one point. So no, but yeah, watch that. But, what was it like multiple bond films they go to venice yeah. casino they go to venice moonraker yeah. they go to venice uh from russia with love they go to venice it's like it's yeah. you see it in so many movies especially the bond films where i'm like damn like i kind of want to go to venice even after watching this one and i think they they shoot the city so beautifully you're just like man this is so cool and it's like a different take on it too because you usually uh they go to venice and it's like just venice like there's nothing like there's no there's nothing else it's not christmas it's not halloween this was halloween in venice and you got yeah. the spooky uh almost almost it, i mean it definitely reminded me of uh eyes wide shut with the mask but i think that's yeah that's like an italian mask type thing but like, i i went i went straight to uh crap i went straight to uh, uh the Opera? wicker man Okay, Wicker Man. They have like the pagan masks, and they they're like paper mache, and that much more the Nick, creepy. Nick Cage one or the uh, the good one? The uh, 
which do you think? <laughs> both. Me, both. Okay. Okay. Um, I you gotta watch both because it's Nick Cage, dude. <laughs> just, which Left which the by base. the way, I no, I I watched it recently and I was shocked that there was no not the bees. And I it was like a Mandela effect moment where I was like, wait a second. What happened to the Not the Bees? I remember seeing Not the Bees when I saw this when I was in my so I was a high schooler. You watch it, that was a deleted scene. Okay. And and I I think I researched it afterwards because I was like, wait a second, is it the case that they the filmmakers were so embarrassed that they clipped it out? I don't think so. I think the theatrical release didn't have Not the Bees, and Not the oh, Bees is actually a deleted scene. But we all treat it like it, the movie actually had Part that in it. And I could be, I'm willing to be totally wrong because I remember seeing the movie as a teen. Well, before I saw the original, which by the way has uh, Christopher Lee in it, and Christopher Lee is the best. But uh, but the whole Not the Beast thing, like I watched it because you watch the original and you're like, damn, what a good movie. And then you watch the remake. And you're ready to watch Not the Bees and laugh your ass off. And then when it doesn't show up, you're like, whoa, some Mandela effect right. stuff is happening. It reminded me of uh, oh. I saw I saw Spider-Man 3 not that long ago uh, with the with the, um, Tobey Maguire. I watched yep. Spider-Man 3. I had the same thing that happened to me. And I was like, wait, this is not how the movie ends. And I was like, I was so confused. And I was like, what? This is not like. There was this scene with the butler and he explains like he goes to to Harry and he's like, yeah, that night your father died. I examined the wounds. And yeah, I was that like, happened. It wasn't in. OK, there's an explanation, though. So I I'm like, wait, what? There was that scene and, and they took it out. And the scene's not in there. And then like the way that everything happens at the end of the movie is different. And I was like, this is a little different. Like. Oh, same, are you watching the editor's cut or something? And it was the editor's cut. And I didn't okay. realize it was the editor's cut. And I was like, yeah. oh, threw me yep. for a loop there so that was kind Funny. of fun where it's like it's a different cut of the movie altogether, and you're like oh yep. this was not the same movie but well again you cool. could you could be watching film hacker and film hacker only makes good movies i don't know anyway uh that's that's everything i got so I don't have uh we got we got kenneth we got Yay. uh <laughs> what is that from i don't know i just is look up from... i'm now like i have no much, idea what much ado about nothing or didn't probably you i think he did i that's i funny. just was like you know what let's just have fun with the toast and i'm like we got to find some silly photo of Kenneth Branoff, and he did not disappoint so yeah yeah well i mean he uh he's we already talked about everything he's made. He's, he's the like, goat when it comes to all of that. Like, there's not yeah. a single movie that he's like. There's a reason why he's just been he's directed and he's all these big movies and he's like in every yeah. he's attached to all these major franchises in some weird way. So yeah, good good on him, man. Like he might yeah. I, I don't know. I've heard he's a big a a hole pretentious dude, but I mean, but he just apparently he's doing it. something right, like. He deserves it. It's, it's like any anytime you hear anything about uh, uh, like most recently, it's like it turns out Jimmy Fallon is mean to people. And it's like, yeah, because he's Jimmy Fallon, you fucking idiot. Like, oh, you yeah. oh, you 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 abide by some idealistic bullshit that people who are are big time don't have standards. 
fuck you, you fucking weakling. You know, it was like, oh, Jimmy, things are so bad under Jimmy Fallon. We needed cry rooms. Things are so bad under Kenneth Branagh. We needed we need cry rooms. Yeah. Go cry, asshole. Go get your fucking feelies out and then come back and hang out with the big boys. Like if, if you if you expect any different, you don't understand how anything is made, because to to actually achieve something you you really do unfortunately it's just the, the fact of life uh if you're nice to people they they get lazy on you they get lax so if if anybody's actually made anything of quality it's because they have fucking standards and they stick to it and they make people uh and and, and uh, uh, you've heard me go on about this endlessly about martin campbell like the reason why his bond movies are the top of our list and will always be there is because the guy, well, you know, like uh, on, on, on vacation, he's a really pleasant fella. But when he's making a movie, he's a fucking asshole. And there's a there's utility to that. There's a reason for that. Yeah. And that's because you get shit done. And so what I worry about with a movie like this is that maybe and it's not the worst thing that maybe no, Kenneth Branagh is getting. No, no, like maybe, Ken, maybe Kenneth is getting old. But that's only natural, and I'm not going to give him that much shit. We put this movie at number 13 out of 42 a, so far. Such which a fitting. Is, you're like number 13. It's such a fitting thing for yeah. a, a spooky movie. Yeah. Spooky. So I'm going to say spooky. It's not that spooky. So Mr. Branagh has made a lot of good movies. He's a very talented dude. And this is if this is like you know this this won't be the last that he makes, but. You know, if he's if he's uh, getting a little older, it's uh, and and he's still pumping out stuff like this. We're about to see some Scorsese movies, and we'll see how he does. And Clint Eastwood's on his way out. A lot of classic directors are on their way out, but um, could be a lot worse. But this is a, still a solid effort from an incredibly talented individual. Who, if he's an asshole, he deserves it. For Kenneth. For Kenneth. Cheers. Good night, y'all.